I enjoy having sex with you, Karen. Oh my gosh. I want to talk about sex. I think that's a great idea. I'm Ken. And I'm Karen. And this is our second time around. Second marriages have a 60% failure rate. And though there is some literature out there, research that has been done, there's just not enough. Not enough to really speak into helping second marriages succeed. And that's what we want to do. We want to share our own journey, what we, what we are learning along the way, and provide that opportunity for others to take away and apply to their own story. I like that. I like that too. Oh my gosh, the first time. <laughs> the, the, I, I know. The, the first time is such a memorable moment. He was on a business I trip. I was on a business trip. And I traveled down to surprise him. So I had one room. And I came up during to my room during an intermission. And there was this stunning woman in my room in one of my dress shirts. And that was it. And he had to go back down. I about fainted. <laughs> and not only was she in my one of my favorite dress shirts, she had gotten uh, some whiskey and my uh, favorite soda and had poured me a glass of that whiskey and soda. And um, was was stretched out on the sofa. That was a clear message to me. Making the decision to drive down and meet this individual that I have known and have wanted to be with for quite some time, but have... Uh, kept that in um, kind of like in a holding pattern and texting and talking with you throughout the week and the day and knowing that you were going to be down there and thinking I really just want to go down and Sort of surprise him and and see what happens and and sort of surprise me. <laughs> so most rooms nowadays have key card pads, and so uh, the, it, it was just a one room hotel room, and so in order to get in, he had to leave his card on his car on the windshield. So I drove into the, uh, the down there, it was all underground parking lots. I drove in, found his car, the card was there, I, I got it. <laughs> Came into the hotel, used the key card, <laughs> and got into the room. And of course, it's you know a small room, but he's got his clothes hanging in the closet, and I thought that would be really exciting if I were to just 
be here when he got back for his break and and just in a shirt and nothing else and how exciting would that be there was a nervous excitement to all of it because you have this feeling of well this will I be acceptable to this individual am am I overstepping what I'm thinking is part of this relationship. Is it too much? Is it too little? Am I, am I okay with what I'm doing? Um, sort of silly teenager kind of thoughts. I had not been with anyone else but my uh, soon-to-be ex-wife. I was uh, a virgin uh, uh, entering into my first marriage. And so my, my first wife uh, was the only uh, woman that I had been with sexually. And we enjoyed a, a very uh, uh, loving and uh, enjoyable sexual relationship for much of our marriage. And uh, I, would, I would probably characterize it as a... Uh, a very traditional sexual relationship. That being that uh, you know intercourse was a, a part of a major part of the relationship. Uh, there wasn't really much oral sex in there uh, or exploration, and uh, so it was just a very traditional kind of experience. And didn't think anything else other of that because that was my experience. Now, I grew up in a home where my, my father was an educator, a professor. He introduced uh, curriculum in the early development of uh, sex education in the public school system in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and he also then became a professor at uh, the university here in Baltimore and uh, in Towson. And from there... Uh, you know, dad and mom were very, uh, very, they were, they were open. So it was an open conversation. There wasn't shame or guilt around uh, our, our uh, development as young boys. I, I'm th third of four boys. And um, so, but uh, I was a virgin. So now Fast forward to this uh, hotel room, and I'm coming back after my day meetings, knowing exactly what I was going to run into. I was now, um, I was, <laughs> I was very excited and and yet scared. I was, oh my God, I, um, am I, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to fulfill and satisfy another human being and be satisfied as well? You, you heard me um, say to you that, oh my gosh, here I thought I was, I was more seasoned than what I was. And you, had, you were surprised that I had not experienced more up to this point. How was that? It was everything that I expected it to be in that moment and everything that I wanted to convey to him 
in that moment that I am making myself available to you and I'm showing you that I want you and who you are. And that's what transpired in that moment. And we would say that, you know, up to that point, you know, a sexual experience, say, with my ex probably would have, you know, men men joke or people joke that, you know, last 30 seconds, right? Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yes. Or, you know, five minutes. And you and I connected there and intimately made love for a very extended period of time. An extended period of time, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, that we were intimately entwined. And then to bring that to closure in a climactic, literally a climactic experience together, uh, where I know you you heard my surprise that I did not realize this could be a a new chapter for me and it was certainly a new experience for me to have that kind of loving sexual experience where we both um, added to that moment together to please to pleasure to experience one another i've often wondered don't all couples experience a an an oral sexual experience with one another no Uh, that i did not realize until you said to me i've never experienced that before and i thought really no for most couples it's not talked about all that much, but fall into a very routine, very basic sexual experience together. That was not a basic sexual experience for me. And fast forward to present time. I mean, uh, I mean, we we've gone from uh, very. Uh, uh, to, from frequency uh, being very, very uh, robust, frequent, I mean, multiple times out of the week. Um, we've even experienced, which I've never experienced until I met you, was multiple times in one day. <laughs> you, you assured me. I said, I know, I don't think so. You said, yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll assist you. And assist me, you did. And um, that was... That was a new experience for me. Not that that experience in particular has been replicated that often. I told you we could train. Yes, you could train me. (laughs) So, I, being the professional that I've been, I I, um, had no idea, but that became a reality. And and though, as our relationship has matured, and we've now gotten married. We have work, full-time jobs. We have uh, uh, adult children in and out of our 
home and, and, and such that we're very intentional about spending that time together sexually. And, and though most of the time, I would say the majority of the time, it is, it, it is not like that first time. And yet, when we make the time and we intentionally connect with one another, we are able to replicate that first moment. And that is so beautiful and wonderful and memorable every time we get to do that. And though we'd like to imagine we can do that every time, it's just not realistic. We're tired, exhausted. We've worked 14 or 13 hours a day. Sometimes we just want to be together to have that physical touch. I think that's the key in in many cases. and. Don't misunderstand me. The the sexual connection is, it just transcends all of that. But the intimacy of just being present and connected with one another, that will always be there, regardless of how we can perform with one another. And I think it's important and well, you perform all the time. <laughs> I'm the one with performance issues. <laughs> that's, performance. I hate to say it. I just, you know, I'm almost 60 years old. And that's not such an excuse, but I'm just saying I'm not 24 no. or 25 or 30. But performance issues aside. And you're so gracious when... You know, what stands up falls down. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to put it, but once you get it up and it comes down, it's okay. And you're so gracious and patient. And we resort to other options orally with touch. And you're patient with that. You know what the bottom line is for all of that? Wow, well, what's the bottom line? Well, there are moments as we are, are, are finished that that time of intimacy, that lovemaking, and you say to me, thank you. Oh. <laughs> I've never, ever experienced that before from anyone you know those thoughts and feelings are so opposite of what I experienced for so many years and we've had this talk often that the sexual experience in my first relationship was one of uh, expectation and obligation and I was expected to be there to provide an experience for another, a service for another. That was my job. 
the evolving concept was in terms of the biblical sense you provide this for me you are my wife and this is what you do for me um, I didn't never hear the words you're my property but that was the conveying factor um, that you obey me because I'm your husband that developed over time it wasn't the initial thought there were lots of there was just there, there was a lot going on initially when my ex-husband and I were first together I mean I was pregnant as a teenager there was a lot there were a lot of layers involved in that um, but there were there were warning signs there even in the very beginnings but I was not in a place of emotional maturity to understand those warning signs and so um, I allowed myself to be in that space because I didn't know where else to be at the time and the perspective that you have of being appreciative and thankful creates such a different atmosphere for me and that in and of itself is exciting and alluring because I'm now not required to be something I am I am appreciated because of what I am. There's two things I'm grateful for is being fed every day <laughs> and that someone wants to make love to me. <laughs> I'm grateful. Yeah, as a teenager and growing up and then in my first marriage, there was so much baggage connected to the sexual experience. I think early on, before even before I was married, my first marriage, there was this need to find the right person or be the right person for another instead of understanding who you were as an individual and being appreciated for who you were and what you were. Early on, we're motivated by hormones and desires and wants and needs, and we, we set aside sometimes those basic principles in ourselves in order to satisfy something for another or something for ourselves that's that's a fleeting thing rather than recognizing what permanency there is within us and what we need to satisfy on an ongoing basis and so a sec the sexual piece for many people becomes manipulative or it becomes easy to use as a tool to get something that you need. The sexual relationship in many relationships become becomes an instrument of manipulation, becomes an instrument of control, uh, a way to act out other uh, unresolved issues in one's relationship. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why in many marriages, the sexual relationship becomes so distorted. And um, now, in my marriage, it, it was, it, as I said, it was more traditional and simplistic, meaning that it was fairly one-dimensional in that we had the traditional intercourse. It didn't really evolve beyond intercourse. There wasn't uh, the um, uh, exchanging of different positions uh, or exploring different uh, positions together or the touching of each other's uh, genitals and uh, so forth. It was a traditional, uh, you get aroused, um, you have intercourse, and you climax, and we're done. And you snuggle, and you fall asleep. But what I can say is that uh, while there was an active um, uh, third person involved in our marriage, that um, the, the frequency of our sexual experience together got uh, very disruptive. I mean, disrupted. In other words, uh, when we were at least having sex together once a, once a week or twice to three times a week became once a month. And our, our uh, engagement together um, emotionally throughout uh, the month was, was quite um, uh, disruptive. So we argued a lot. And I would say to myself, why are we arguing so much? We just never argued like this. There would be plenty of arguments about um, uh, who's taking initiative. And when I would take initiative, there was an interest. And, um, and I would be blamed for not taking more initiative. And I enjoyed taking initiative. I didn't really have a problem taking initiative, but gosh, when you start arguing and fighting and bickering on a consistent basis, it, it's not a very arousing experience, and it does not promote desire. And so, uh, you know, in that two-year period of time, then now I understand there was another third person involved in our relationship. Uh, that my ex was was having, I confronted that twice, only to be told I was I was out of my mind, and that uh, the reason for our our distance sexually or even emotionally was due to my moodiness, and well, I suppose I was fairly moody. I was moody because there was a third person that was involved and I could intuitively understand that there was something that was not right. And my confrontation of that was rebuffed with denial and I had no other place to go in myself but to now question myself. And so uh, you run that vicious cycle around and then you find out the truth. Um, now... I, I don't have the the trauma that I think Karen has in in uh, her relationship with her ex uh, in the past, but 
uh, I can say now that uh, I, I feel much more confident in who I am in myself and having experience with Karen a, a very mutual sexual relationship and and what keeps that even as robust and as alive as it is is how connected we are emotionally and how purposeful we are in communicating with one another treating each other kindly respectfully meaning respectfully meaning i do not want to bring harm at all to her in her own mind or emotionally and let alone physically. I don't want to bring any harm to her. I know her past and I'm, I'm very conscious of that. And I know she is of mine because I've shared it with her. And uh, she cares for my being and respects that and cares for me very gently. You know, what I have, what you have taught me is to be creative. And you have taught me that um, in John Mayer's song, your body is a wonderland. <laughs> you have, oh, God forbid, if he actually is, would hear something like that. Yeah. But y your, your body is a wonderland. And your body at 50 plus is beautiful and wonderful. And you allow me to explore to my delight and to yours. You've taught me the enjoyment of what a wonderful oral sexual relationship is like. And you have aroused parts of my body that um, uh, I had not experienced until meeting you. I, I so enjoy kissing and um, tasting what's between your legs. Yeah, that stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that is all new for me. Right. To ex explore, as I said, the, the oral sexual part of our relationship is so new to me. I mean, I've I mean, been a more, but <laughs> I've been a, a practitioner for over thirty years, and right. I've talked about that with other people. Right. I've just never experienced it for myself. It was not a comfortable place at all in my previous marriage. But <laughs> that first night you and I spent together, <laughs> that whole world opened up, mm -hmm. and it never closed. My experience and my knowledge of sex and, and all of that is so much different. And I think the teaching part has more to do with teaching me how 
to receive being loved in a way that doesn't include obligation or requirement. And I say those words, I know some people may not understand that, but in an abusive and manipulative relationship, the other person is property. They are, they are expected to perform. This is their duty. This is what you do for me because you make me feel better. And so we would call that an enmeshed or fused relationship where the other person gains their emotional stability from the other. What I've been taught or what I, what Ken has taught me in our relationship is that I can be me and invite him into that. To be me means that I enjoy my body. I like I, I like the way it feels. Sometimes I'm not always completely confident in its 52-year-old shape, <laughs> but I like the way it feels. I like I like how it looks and I want it to be I want to be able to offer it to him in a way that says, I'm inviting you in to enjoy this, not here I am, take me when you need me. And that's how it was in my first relationship. Um, I, I would get woken up at 4 a.m. in the morning to be... Uh, to realize that my spouse was having sex with me and I was half asleep. Um, and I, I would never experience that now with Ken. Um, that would be the furthest from his mind to, to please himself without having me be a part of it. Well, I won't be fucking getting up at 4 a.m. to having <laughs> sex with you in your sleep. But, but what you've taught me is that respect is intrinsic to an intimate and loving relationship. And regardless of what transpires in that relationship, whether, whether it's physical, intercourse, oral sex, whatever is there, if the relationship is absent of respect and love, it, it, it's just not... It's not a right relationship, but for for our listeners who are in a in who are getting older and people like our parents who are in their eighties, that sexual intercourse has to be translated into something else in that intimate relationship in order for it to continue to be a vibrant, loving relationship, and so that component of respect and love has to transcend everything else in order for it to be enduring. I want to encourage our listeners to be creative. 
I mean, we all come into a second marriage with the baggage of experience in our first marriages. And we have that template. We've enjoyed just opening up the landscape of experience in our relationship. We are not too old. No, and I think, too, it's important for couples to understand it's not just about sex, although sex is enjoyable and it's something that should be be creative and fun. But be creative with how you express your love for one another. As we get older, make sure that what you're connected to one another with will, will weather the test of time and age so that as you do get older, you're not disconnected because the sexual experience wanes. That's what we like to encourage our listeners to pay attention to as they start their second time around relationships. Um, so, thank Sex you. Sex is good. Sex is really fun. <laughs> and I enjoy having sex with you. As physically, emotionally, mentally, mm. and spiritually. I love you. I love you too.